I am Mark Hummel, and this is Mark Hummel's Harmonica Party, and I'm here at Rancho Nicasio with its proprietor, Angela Straley, Texas blues legend. Hello. And uh, yeah, we go back a long ways. Awesome. I want to say I met you back in uh, at Amptones, and you were so nice to me. I oh, remember that's, that. I'm glad. You were, you were very nice to me. You, you invited me up, and... and uh, yeah, you were you were very sweet. Wow, that was 1986. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, yeah we weren't up in that long. Oh, Is that right? Well, yeah, no, just ten years. Yeah, I was going to say, but now it's been quite a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and then I think I, I got we got to hang out a little bit in uh, Denmark one time when we were over at. Uh, I was with Sue Foley at the time, and, and that's we're right. Jures, or however you say that. Yeah, yeah. That in was. Denmark, we got stuck in some motel, I think, for a week, or I, I can't remember what the deal yeah, was. Yeah, I was trying to remember that. Yeah. But. And you grew up in Lubbock, is that yes, right? Yes, indeed. Lubbock, Texas. Uh, yeah. And that's where Buddy, school. Buddy Holly's from. Yes. Is Wayland from there? Yes. And who else? Butch Hancock. Right. Joe Ely. Right. Joe Ely and I were in some classes together early on. How did you get into music? My family was uh, was helpful on that realm. I mean, my dad liked uh, light classical music, Strauss waltzes and such. And uh, my oldest brother played a French horn and bass. And my oh, other okay. brother is Al Straley. And he's uh, a, mostly a songwriter. How old were you when you started uh, singing, and, and how did you get into blues? Anyway? Well, uh, I don't know. I sang in church choir. Well, did you? you know, okay. Just and I always tell aspiring young singers, look, I didn't make high school choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't let something like that discourage you, right? right. Because uh, they, I'm sure they were begging people to sing in that choir. Right. Didn't want me. Hmm. I understand. Yeah. You know, I think I always, I had, the, you know, the flatted third and seventh in blues. <laughs> that was always there. I think it was, it, it, Your major was, scales were not in place. <laughs> I, I was destined. I was, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. But uh, it, that's I, good. mainly, I, uh, I had a Zenith shortwave radio. Uh-huh. And so late at night, I could get those stations that had me scratching my head saying, wait a minute, what kind of music is this? Yeah. Because it grabbed me. And what you, and do you remember blues. which one, which stations they were? Well, there was uh, WLAC. WLAC for right. sure. Right. John R. and the Haas right. Band. Right. And uh, there was one out of Shreveport uh-huh. that Ernie's Record Mart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then Wolfman Jack. Well, where, I was going to say, Wolfman Jack. Was. Yeah, right. They say and he was like illegally like, over the border. Yeah, that was like. What was it, 100,000 watts? Something like that. Yeah, that something. could go anywhere. God right. knows, it probably fried my brain, and I didn't know it at the time. But I remember hearing that station <laughs> in L.A. Oh, Believe yeah. Not, driving through the desert, you would hear it. That's yeah. right. That's Glad amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you heard those radio stations. Did you start buying some of the records right after that? Or well, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what to call it, though. Yeah. Because I guess none of them said, well, we're playing Blues and Blues Alone right. or something. No, so but I did remember enough names, and I finally found record stores that might have something rather. In fact, Jimmy Reed uh, was prominent. I mean, he he would actually made it into the commercial world. Right. I, I remember uh, young people, which I was at one time, like dan- dancing <laughs> right. dancing to Jimmy right. Reed. Right. I remember. You could do the push. Yeah. And that's the only reason I remember. Danson talks word, about that the all the time. Is, yeah. yeah, he talks about good. that. Good, I'm glad I have some backup. Yeah. yeah, and and uh, it seems like in Texas, Jimmy Reed was so popular. <laughs> yeah. it, it blew my mind. The first time I played in Dallas was like 1986, and I remember it blew my mind that people were requesting Jimmy Reed and dancing to it. And love I was that. like, I was yeah, I was Gotta blown away. Yeah, I was blown. I mean, away. all bands want people out there dancing. You know? Yeah, so. So but to dance important. to Jimmy Reed was like, that was unheard of here. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. People didn't do that like they did in Texas. Yeah. I so it was, it was very cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So uh, did you start a band? Did you join a band in, in Lubbock, or did you move to no, I, Boston uh, first? I, uh, no, I, I, uh, I went to school in Northfield, Minnesota, oh, a small okay. liberal arts college right. in Carleton. I went there for two years mm -hmm. because, A, I got a scholarship. Wow. Yeah, and it wasn't because I was really academically up there. But that they started thinking they should get students that were a little bit more well-rounded as far as maybe having travel somewhere and not just being studious and knowing exactly what they want to study in graduate school uh -huh. and la, la, la. Yeah. No. So that was me. I, so had you traveled by that time? Well, my, yeah, my dad had an interesting job. He was a professor of Spanish. My mother was born in Puerto Rico. Her, her uh, mother was uh, from Spain, and her father was from New England. Wow. Yeah. Now, how did he end up in Lubbock? Um, well, he, had, uh, he needed a job. Right. <laughs> and somehow... Um, Somehow he did, he did, he was in one other place, Texas A&M, right. which is the Aggies uh, of Texas. And right. It was really. And where's Texas? That was really. Is, where's it, Texas A&M? Is that? It's down there in the southeast. Let's so see. that was really foreign to, to my father. Was, it, was and, that like and, Houston? And, Houston area? Uh, uh, well, that direction. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, uh, but anyway, my, um. My father ended up getting a job there at Texas Tech, which became the university, so-called university. Wow. Yes. Yeah. But he, he taught Spanish. No wonder French. you speak Spanish well, so well. Well, that's my unexcuse. Yeah. I, I have no yeah. excuse not yeah. to. Uh, yeah. Not to. But, but my mother was, was bilingual, yeah. having been born where she was. Right. And so she, uh, she met, they met because she was a native speaker one summer at Middlebury College. And my dad was there learning so yeah that was when they got together so, so when you were in minnesota going to college did you did you get more into music there or how? i did because they had the best thing about that school is they had wonderful uh groups that came through and played there played in the chapel as it were because hmm. they that was the best what best sounding room that's right. for sure wasn't a gym or something mm -hmm. But I saw everybody from Thelonious Monk to uh, Art Blakey wow. to uh, Doc Watson and too much and you know that so they had some good uh, they had some good bookers you bet <laughs> and uh, Kerner and Glover right. were based up there in, in, in Minneapolis in Minneapolis right. yeah and so they were cool and they yeah. came down and, uh, at least once and so yeah I, that opened my eyes and I got to some. see Spider John. In Did Santa Fe, one time for right. I don't know what reason, but he's, really he was—you uh, can kind of tell he's kind of a wild one. <laughs> he just has that mischievous look in yeah. his eye, you know, <laughs> like he's kind of looking for trouble. That's you know, and he That's knows how true. to find it. Yeah, you know, like most blues people. So, um, so, you, so you were there for two years, and you and you got to see all these different uh, yeah. artists. Yeah. Did you did you start kind of? Working with people there, or, or no, no, really wasn't till Austin. Yeah, she really, yeah, it, it, I mean, you know what? I, I came to appreciate the cultures in Texas, right? You got it, I don't know what the, what it is now, but back then it was like a third Anglo, which right. is what we used to say, right, and a third Latino and a third black, right, and so, so that's a good mix, yeah. yeah, where we lived, uh. There was a, a Baptist church, the Macedonia Baptist Church, and so we went to church every Sunday. That's when I learned about singers, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. Firsthand, and I, of course, I loved records cool. and everything. Yeah, and they were cool. There was some but, cool but stuff. But you got some out. real cultural experience. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. those voices were wonderful. And the piano player and organist in that church, you know, and of course the preacher. He had he was right. he was quite an entertainer. He right. had the moves and he had the you know, he didn't sing per se, but he sort of but sang. But he sang in a way, yeah. Right. Like C. L. Franklin kind of yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that was all wonderful. So how long were you in San Antonio? Just for that uh, summer. I was supposed to be registering uh, for my classes at, at the University of Texas, Austin. 
And they asked us if we could, if me and my, my buddy, my roommate, could just stay for one more day or two more days. And so we thought, well, we, just not, we didn't have to register at any particular hour of the right. day. You know, there was a certain days that you could, before the school started, the, you know, the classes started. So we, we stayed there. Well, that's when the shooter was up in the tower oh, of the man. administration building where we were supposed to be registered for our classes. That's what we thought. I mean, that's, that's a weird serious, thing. You that's serious good it. luck on your part. I know. Jesus. It's also a weird feeling, you know. That you is think, really oh weird. God, you know, some people died and, you know, and we weren't there and we were supposed to be there. He wasn't even the first, like, mass shooter? Oh, yes. Yeah. The lucky you. We're glad you're still here. Thank you. Okay, and yeah. what was your major? Sociology, psychology. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. Well, good. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so uh, what was the scene like in 66? Oh, it was great. Yeah. It was lively, and it was, you know, it was exciting. Did you start singing in, in clubs that early, uh, or was it later? No, but I, I started going out and hearing music, and... Are you playing the harmonica? Well, yeah, that was the really? thing. Oh, I didn't want to sing. I didn't. You wanted to just play the harmonica. I did not intend to sing. I had no reason. That's interesting. To, to even think that way, really. Wow. I mean, I never. I just yeah. felt like I had some great voice or something. But you got no harmonica, harmonica and bass. Oh, really? I love oh, playing play bass. bass. Okay. Yeah, I still get a huge kick. I have well, no idea. I have, I have played in informally on stage. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I loved it. I mean, didn't it feel like it was such a tiny little kind of scene? Oh, yeah. At that time? Well, even so tiny that... Back then, There especially. was no place, hard, right. there was hardly any place to play. Right. Um, and we even went out to L.A. for uh, a few months. Good job. Uh, we, because that's where things were happening. Right. I mean, you either had to go to New York or L.A. If or Chicago. Maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe that you could be uh, right. get into recording or whatever. Right. You know, so... Um, so that's so you guys did that, uh, yeah. We got away with it, you know, long enough to, to get to go to the Ash Grove oh, and, really? and yeah, the that's right. that's right, and actually yeah. performed at both of those places, did you really? which were those were bona fide, uh, those were wonderful clubs, absolutely. And Ash Grove was, was the first place I ever saw blues at, but uh, Austin finally. Well, that's one reason that Clifford Anton started Anton's, is yeah, the place. He, he he was interested. Well, he was from Port Arthur, so they oh, had nothing okay. but the blues down there. Right, right. literally, right. you know. That's where Janice shop. It was, was all refineries. Yes, yeah. she escaped for her early right. on. I met yes. her when she was coming through Austin to to go to the West Coast. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Somehow, you know, it's just some so. What was that? Sixty-seven or so? Sixty-six? Yeah, I think so. Really? So I heard Chet Helms is the one who was from Texas. Got her. California. Yeah, he was. He knew what to do. But, what did you think of her? What was your opinion of Janis Joplin? Oh, I did get to see her live, um, and she was wonderful. She was amazing. You know, I couldn't believe it. And, uh, really? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you mean just because no she was barred. so yeah, she was she, so in yeah. your face with it. Yeah, yeah and I yeah. saw her up here at uh, I mean in San Francisco at the Matrix. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I got to play it. Whatever, a couple of different places, but, but, but anyway, I, I remember Pee Wee Creighton. Do you? What a sweet guy. Yeah, he, he was a great was, guy. Yeah. You know, and yeah. And Johnny Otis. Right. Uh, was at his house. Were Sh you? Shuggy was in LA? a toddler or something. Wow. Yeah, and he was very supportive. Yeah. But we were so low down. <laughs> you guys were? Yeah. Did he dig you? No, because the West Coast was a little bit sophisticated right, compared right, right. to Texas. So did he dig you guys? He did, but he didn't know what to do with us. He didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but he was nice enough. I mean, he, he, he recorded a few songs. So that's interesting. So you got to, you met Janice. You uh, yeah, we didn't we. Weren't friends, we're friends or anything, or anything like but that. you at least got to but, see her and meet her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was with a harp player. She was oh, in the right. Um, that was the guy from Mother Earth. No, not Powell. you sure? But, yeah, but no, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that Powell did play. She, he, he played in Mother Earth. Yeah. Right. I think so. He so Tracy Nelson. Right. I knew Tracy. Yeah. I, met, I met Tracy for the first time out there. 
Did and, you? Yes. In Austin? No, no, in San Francisco, because I don't even right, know what I Berkeley. was doing there, yeah. but she had enough money that she could rent a rehearsal studio. And I don't know why I would have been there, but George Reigns was there. Right, and that's course, right. And, we, and that's I, so right. we ended up being pals and, and yeah. a, a musical, you know. I forgot know, about that he was comrades. in the band. Yeah. Um, and he ended up with Boss. And, oh, he had that, he had a, she had a great uh, keyboardist, Wayne Talbot. Yeah. I think he succumbed to junk or something. Right. Bad, he he recorded bad. with James Cotton, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so... I was so impressed. I was thinking, God, I wish I could afford to have musicians <laughs> like that. <laughs> but that finally happened. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's and I just followed with, with the best because I, I I couldn't get on stage and sing if it was lousy. Right. I just couldn't get on stage. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I know what I, you mean. I, I, yeah. I have to be inspired. Yeah. And I've been so lucky to have such inspirational musicians yeah. in my bands. You have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look at it like I worked long enough with the lousy ones to earn my place to work with the good ones. That's how it works. <laughs> that is totally how it works. <laughs> you got to go up through the rank space. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. paying your dues. So now, uh, how did you meet Clifford? So you said oh, he was from Port uh, Arthur. Yeah, he was from Port Arthur. So he, he heard some great music on that border with Louisiana, right? Sure. Yeah, and so and guys yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And and so when when people like that came to Austin, it was like, well, where we, where's the blues? You know, or where are we right. going to hear this or that? And there weren't that many options, mm -hmm. and uh, they weren't. Did he know Clifton Chenier from Port Arthur? No, Did he no, no, I don't believe so. But the, he he had enough sense to open the club with Clifton. Right. Clifton didn't get around that much. Most right. people. Out of New Orleans and, and Louisiana, and they, yeah. they didn't feel any need to go anywhere else. Right, because well, they could work so much. That's yep. yeah, right, yeah, right. And they could find musicians and right. all that. You know? Exactly. So it all yeah. made sense, you know. Yeah. But but so so what inspired him to open a blues club? He was crazy and loved blues. He just he got bitten by the blues bug, mm -hmm. and he knew that there were some people in Texas, but there were a whole lot of people in Chicago. And so he started communicating with them. So would whatever. he just cold call people? We're talking about oh, yeah. Clifford Antone, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it was Antone's and owned Antone's in Austin. Yeah, there was no official booking person at the time. I mean, I had ideas, and I was helpful about uh -huh. uh, being able to reach people, other artists. So you, know, you would call I had people met over the years, like Alpha Collins. Uh, I met him, and and I remember him being at the Ash Grove at some point. Now this is who. Uh, Albert Collins. Oh, okay. I think the first time I saw him was at the Astro. Right. Yeah. Because Ken Heat brought him in. Okay. They brought him to okay. LA. Yeah. yeah. That was the deal. Yeah. So you got him to come to Anton's. Yeah. Anton's didn't have the money to bring people with their bands. Right. They So that meant we had to have a really good house band. Right. And so that seven. ended up being the fabulous Thunderbirds, right? Because because Jimmy Vaughn and and, uh, and Kim Wilson were completely dedicated to blues, obviously, and they they had done their homework and they could back up people. And you and were in, people, you, you were in that band, right? No, I, but since I was part of the house, right? And they were the house band. Right. Yeah. yeah, I would, I would get gifts, up regularly yeah. and, and sing right. whatever. They were they were a good idea. That was a great idea to have a, a band like them. So was that your idea or Clifford's idea? Uh, Do you remember both? Of you? I I don't because like I said, Clifford had gone out and heard, made a point to, to hear the blues and and you know the musicians and see what they were up to and and he realized that they didn't really have a good uh, a good. Uh, venue a good outlet for their what they were trying to do right so he's thinking okay we got all these students you know 40,000 students in, right. in Austin he said if I make the ticket prices cheap and I can get these guys to come down from Chicago and elsewhere for a week instead of a one-night stand right. Right. or at least Easier four, for them. at least four days let's mm -hmm. say you know then maybe they'll They'll kind of get it, you know, and they'll see what, what 
they'll hear the masters doing this music and they'll be impressed and then they'll understand what the fabulous Thunderbirds and other people like me, right. you know, and others are trying to do. And that's what happened. So they, in a, they, in they a sense, appreciate it in now. a sense, he was kind of promoting both, you know, acts like the T-Birds and you and Stevie and the Cobras, all these groups and kind of the idea was if I can bring these older guys together, Everyone's going to gain. Exactly. The old guys are going to exactly. have a payday. And then the we, young we guys get an education. Exactly. Yeah. We got to open for those right. people a, a and lot. So, and you got to know them. Exactly. You got to work with them. Yeah. And so it's kind of a win-win for everyone. Exactly. They'd hang out in the daytime because most usually they didn't have, have anything particular to do in the daytime. Right. Unless you were Otis Rush and wanted to get some cool cowboy boots and, <laughs> and vests and such, you know. Would you guys take him around? Sure. Sugar Bear did. He was, he was really good at that. Yeah. So. Now, was Sugar, Sugar, Sugar Bear, was, was he the, the doorman? He, he was the MC. The MC? Okay. Yeah. Wonderful right. person. I miss, right. miss him so much. Yeah. And yeah. I was I was tickled when I saw the new Antones right. downtown, right, with the huge shoe shine, right, uh, right, set up from Kansas yeah. that they got from Kansas City. And then with Antones Records, did you have something to do with starting that? You yes, indeed. I had a selfish reason. Yeah, Clifford was gone at the time. Was that when he was? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was in. Uh, he was at school. Right. <laughs> and uh, and so anyway, I had recorded a record and thanks to uh, actually a, a person who came a woman who was a fan and came into her family and in, uh, in inheritance a big inheritance and she didn't want to just whatever fritter it away or she wanted to do something that would last and so she uh, she loaned me enough money to get the, I, and I, I wasn't going to just put my record out with that money. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be more a lot some, of records. So, well, yeah. just, yeah, I wanted it to mean more than An that. An actual label, yeah. 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 So, so that's when uh, I, I started the, the label Antones. Mm -hmm. And, and like I say, selfishly, I had a record read, ready to go. Yeah. And uh, there weren't, there wasn't a lot of music business in Austin at the time. Hmm. And there certainly was I mean, progressive country was big, you know, and right. uh, the Doug song yeah. who was not categorizable at all. He, right. he, he was just every aspect of Texas music, country. Right. He was all of it. At yeah. jazz. Even, yeah. Oh, he, he, right. could, he could hang in there. He could do everything. And, uh, you yeah, know, he, was and so, he was amazing. So thank you. Because yeah. it, he yeah. he was uh, just a wonderful person and really encouraged all of us to do what and we were doing. And he for you guys. He'd been right? in Nashville, you know, and he yeah. or and, and no, it was actually it was Willie who had he kind of when he decided to leave that the Nashville scene, Willie Nelson. Yeah, he came down there and he said, <laughs> I think he went back to Nashville and he said, you know, I'll tell you where you should be looking for artists. Screw really? up Austin. Really? He said, they, they got some great artists there. And yeah. they're right for the picking, you know, you're just in you know different genres. Did, and but, they didn't listen? Oh, uh, not that we knew of. Yeah, but, right. but actually, Jerry Wexler came to Austin. Hmm. That was why, because Doug had a, a record on Mercury or Atlantic or one, Atlantic of, one of that group. Right. Yeah. But I swear, we were so, we were pretty raw. And I mean, we could play those songs, but we didn't have good intros or outros. <laughs> you needed a producer. We just <laughs> you needed a producer. Though. Yeah, exactly. it seems like you guys caught fire by the you know by nineteen eighty. It was getting to be a hotter and hotter scene. Yeah. In terms of you know the music down there blowing up. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. remember when Stevie Ray gets signed. Like about eighty one. Does that sound right? That sounds right. Yeah. Sounds that sounds right. right. I should know. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about Anton's Records and you starting it, and yours was the first album. Do you remember That's... who was the second? Well, I know that Ronnie Earl Horvath oh, had... Uh, okay. And right. He had recorded an album already. Was that it a was live record, or was that studio? I think it was a studio record. Okay. 
he uh, he found out about us and and uh, said, "Look, I have this record and I don't have any way to get it out there." So that's like, okay, yeah, you know that's good I, because I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I couldn't hire somebody and uh, bring them out. Well, yeah, pay thing. for the studio and right. do all that kind of stuff. No, nope. right. <laughs> so you had quite a few. A lot of them were live records, as I recall. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Rogers was a live record. Yeah, I think mainly yeah, well, was maybe some of it studio. Is that studio? Yeah, some of it was studio. Uh, I think Cotton did some things in the studio. Cotton did, and he, yeah, people who came there kind of regularly. And, but, but um, it seemed like know. a lot of records were kind of half and half, like exactly. part studio and part live. Yeah, yeah. But it was whatever was was possible. Right. And I wasn't in on all those, uh, all of those records and how they happened, but because I. I had my career. Right. I, I didn't just play at Anton's yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, but that's how I ended up in, in Los Angeles, and and then did a few gigs up here. We did some things in Los Angeles, and that was really fun. Mm -hmm. And then we heard about yeah, well, there's some things happening in, in San Francisco. Right. Bill Graham was at the Avalon, and later. Oh, so you're talking really places. early on, yeah. Yeah, okay. and like so, I had this wonderful job. <laughs> Yes, in a record store, Clark's Records Number Two, on Divisadero Street. Really? I was into blues and jazz, right, and rhythm and blues, and so that they, they had it all. Right. But my my other job there, and one reason I was hired, maybe I don't know, I made eight track tapes. So that was my. That's what I could contribute is that I had enough technical skill to uh, to to make a uh, custom eight-track oh, tape. Okay. That's what people like wanted. Tapes. Because, like, yeah, like they, tapes. yeah they didn't yeah. want just what was available right. commercially. Right. They wanted their stuff that they liked. So you, you, were, know? The, you were the originator so those of mixtapes. tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I never thought I could say that, but I, I'm happy if you want to yeah. say that. <laughs> now, what year was that? Was it 70s? The Summer of Love. Okay, so that was 67 you were out here. Okay, yeah. Wow. Okay, I didn't realize that. So were you going to the Fillmore and the Avalon during that time? I did go, uh, you know, after work. That was that was amazing to hear somebody like Bucka White and then Cream in the, in the <laughs> <Yeah>. same night. <laughs> That's good. That is pretty much of a mind-bender. <laughs> totally different genres back to the Yeah. Yeah. It's a great thing. I think. Nobody else really have the balls or the foresight. Exactly. Kind of make that happen. Mm -hmm. well, let me just throw out some albums that are like some of my favorites oh, okay. on the label. The Jimmy Rogers one to me is an amazing record. Yes. Uh, with with Kim and, and Big Eyes and Calvin and Pie Top, I think. Yes. Yeah. That's a great album. Uh, the other one was the the uh, Eddie Taylor one. Oh, yeah. With Tucker and... Uh, and Snooky on it. That's yeah. one of my favorites. God, we're so glad. Yeah, I mean, we were so glad to get Eddie. Yeah. Uh, and he yeah. really thought a lot of Clifford. I, I remember when I brought him out in 1982, and he goes, yeah, that, that's the only man. He, he he gave me his guitar, man. He, he gave me... Yeah. <laughs> I think he gave a he three, 335 or 355. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Right. He, he gave, gave people them. what they needed. And yeah. Hubert needed a decent guitar. Right. <laughs> he got would a get wonderful one and yeah. some eyeglasses, too, because right. it turned out he, he really could. And he yeah. was just lost after Wolf died. Yeah. I, I knew that. Yeah. I knew that he was. Yeah. But I, I got to see that, that act. You saw Wolf and, Wolf and Hubert? On New Year's Eve. Wow. Did you get to meet him? Yes, I did. did <laughs> I, I was wondering. I wasn't thinking I'd get to meet him, but believe me, he was in there. You wow. didn't go in the place without, without him, him knowing who was coming in. Interesting. And especially on that night, it was New Year's Eve. There was Hubert yeah. on stage God. just being his completely timid self. You yeah. can even tell right. back then, you know. I mean, right. he's just like, he was just so... <laughs> So timid, you could you just knew, Eddie Shaw knew was that. There. and yeah, that's right, he was. And Wolf, you know, and I thought that I'd seen these English films or whatever with Wolf, you know, and he's sitting down and doing this and that, you know. He might have sat down for a few numbers, 
But the next thing I knew, he was crawling on the stage and crawling right. up the curtains. Right. And I was just, I, my mouth, I couldn't close my mouth, you know. That's so great. Yeah, yeah. I love that story about him climbing up the curtains and then sliding down. <laughs> I missed him. I never got to see him. So the other one I wanted to bring up was uh, somebody you knew pretty well was Muddy. Yes. And you guys had him to the... Did you see him in Chicago before? I did, I did before? see him in Chicago. Okay. At, but it was at a, a club on the north side, uh, Mother Blues. Oh, Mother Blues, yeah. Okay, yeah. Mother Blues. Right. So I went to Mother Blues, and yeah, that was a tame scene. But it was somehow, um, I guess I was there early maybe, and and so so I looked out into the room, and at a table was sitting Muddy and whoever, else from the band or not from the band i don't right. know but anyway i got my courage up and went over and introduced myself you know <laughs> and it's like oh okay you know i'm glad you're gonna be at the show and it's kind of like from you're from where <laughs> i guess i had a little bit of an accent <laughs> right muddy <laughs> said you're from texas and you you want to be here in chicago why? Because to, to hear the, I said I want to hear real Chicago blues, so I had to come here to hear. Yeah. So there I was, and um, so got to, got to meet Muddy, and yeah. and he was so gracious, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to hear him with Span in the band. Wow, did and you? That was something. I remember, it was one of the three Luthers or two of them that night. Yeah, it was probably they Luther Johnson and, and Luther Allison. And, uh, no, probably no, Luther or, Johnson and, yes. and Pee Wee. Oh yeah. Or, or with Sammy Lawhorn. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But that was the thing about seeing Muddy at Anton's. I got to see him directing the the musicians. Right. Everybody got to do their thing. Mm -hmm. He showed off everybody, mm -hmm. but he was in control. He was in control. And nobody was going to do a solo that went on for right. five minutes. You had your two choruses, you know, maybe. Yeah. You maybe Just two. say what you have yeah. to say and right. move and on. Get out. And we're yeah. moving on. That's right. And yeah. so that was a good lesson, too. Yeah. Now, was that him with his band, are you saying? Or yeah. was it... Because I know those that, guys, he had like Kim and Jimmy sit in or whatever. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. There was something about the old cats and the humility that they had. Yes. Uh, that was something that really got to me. Yes. You know, that, that for the kind of talent that these guys had, they still were so down to earth and yeah. so friendly. Absolutely. And so giving with their, you know, yes. stories or whatever. Yes. Not all of them. I mean, not all, but some all of them could be. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Gate Mouth or whoever. Yeah. We knew Albert King. <laughs> right. Too. Albert King. Albert was yeah, really nice to me. Listen, he, he was beautiful. He had, he had yeah. that side of him for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He, he he demonstrated that big time. Yeah. The thing about it was that I finally figured out that the black kids, like the the kids and the grandkids of those artists, they weren't trying to learn blues. Not at all. They didn't want to do their grandkids' music. Right. They wanted to do something new. It'd be like me and you listening to Frank Sinatra. When something we're like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, well, I figured that out, you know, yeah. that, that they appreciated what we were doing because, A, they knew we were sincere about it right. and that we did our homework right. and right. did our best, you right. know, and right. our best effort. Yeah. And they really appreciated that because they yeah. didn't want that music to die. Right. And, you know, folk music has ebbs and whatever yeah. it was down there oh the yeah time. absolutely it was like who yeah. wants to do that try to do that for a living bb know? was at a point in the mid-60s where he had to drop his band down to a quartet yeah i mean you're talking about a guy that had a six seven piece seven eight piece band had to drop it down to a quartet mm -hmm. so you know these guys were they were struggling to just survive that's right yeah so and so I think I think you're right. I think the fact that, and I mean, I, I always felt like that when I moved here because my introduction to blues around here was in the ghetto clubs. That was the only places you yeah, could find it. Right. And it was like the fact you could go in these places and and people wouldn't throw rocks at you. <laughs> right. 
that was a big deal, right. you know, to actually yes. have them accept and like what you were doing yep. because they go, well, he's sincere about it. You didn't have to be have a guitar sound like Albert King, uh-uh. but you got to sound like you mean it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I, tell me about the um, the uh, uh, trips that you guys did where you did the big tours with Clifford and the bus and, and, and uh, went all over the West. I think That's, that was mainly the West, wasn't it? Yes. That yeah. was exactly. Right. We might we did stop in Phoenix, right? Because there was that blues club there that still right. exists, and thanks about, to uh, tell about Bob's place, Bob Court, right. Corator, right. yes, he, the Rhythm Room, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful, absolutely, and uh, reminded me of Antones, yeah, and um, and so, but but Clifford had this ridiculous idea of, of bringing the whole thing out to the West Coast and and just you know playing San Francisco. We didn't play San Diego, San Francisco, and, uh, and we worked our way up to Vancouver. Vancouver. Right. And uh, that's when I remember Sue Foley. Right, in Vancouver. She was, yeah, she was a, right. you know, she saw the show or whatever. Really? Okay. And, and the next thing I knew it, she was trying to be in Texas. Right. Yeah. Now, what year was that? Do you remember? Was that 89 or 90? I think that's right. I think 89 was ringing a bell. Yeah. A bell. Well, 89, actually, we were on the road pretty much the whole year, me and Sue and her band. So it was probably not 89, it was probably 90. Okay. The only reason I can remember dates is because so much of the tours that I did. Yeah. That's kind of, and who I played with, I can usually remember some sort of timeline because of that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you were very nice to Sue, I, I know that. Oh, that you really as it, mentored. As it be. You really yeah. mentored her. I mean, well, you, it was the I same think, thing with her. I, I, think, I knew she was sincere, right? And, uh, exactly. You know that she was gonna whatever. And of course, she just blew my mind when I yeah. was in oh, Boston yeah. recently. Sure. And uh, yeah. she was yeah. up there, boy. She was putting it down the guitar. Yeah. Whoa! Sure is. Look yeah. out! You know. Sure is. Yeah. And I agree. So she's come a long way. It really tickled me. Yeah. And I was thrilled because she recorded two of my songs. Two that's great. Texas Town. Wow, that's great. That's she's awesome. Not, she's recorded several songs. Yeah. So on that on that one big Antone's tour, it was Buddy Guy, uh, Jimmy Rogers, mm-hmm. Luther Tucker, mm-hmm. Albert Collins was on. Yes. I know Kim was there. Were you? And you were obviously there. Um, yeah, we did something big out here. Right. And it might have been one of the first San Francisco Blues Festivals or something like that. Right. Uh, the new album. And just, you Thank said you. it's been 17 years since <laughs> you since you recorded an album. Yeah. So, that's a long time. I know. That's, yeah. that's how Bob put it when he talked me, when he said, look, you know, don't you think your fans would like to hear from you? Right. You know, he didn't say, before something bad happens. But that was sort of what he meant. It's like, look, why not now? Yeah. It happened to be during like, it was December, January. December, like, you know, people were off for the holidays. Right. Well, Mike Shermer was. Now, is he still with Marsha Ball? Or? No, not now. So he's, he's, uh, he's back Marcia, in California. Marsha retired for the 20th time. Oh, okay. The, the, All right. The, for the for the 20th time. Oh, okay. I'm laughing. We love her, and we tease her about that all the time. It is kind That's of a great hard way to get people to come to, to your not. shows, though, right? Oh, I'm yeah. going to retire. So, you better well, come no, see me true, this time. Though, yeah. you, know, you couldn't take her for granted. Right. And she has cut down her. She used to sure. endlessly. Yeah. I know. Which she. made it a great man for somebody right. like Mike Shermer to play. Right. He right. got to see the, not see the world, world, but the country. A whole least. lot of it, yeah, yeah. So that you can't beat that. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. and she's just a great gal. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And you, you guys know. had, you had the thing with uh, with you and Marsha and Luann Barton. Oh, yeah. And what was that called the, originally? The, uh, that wasn't well, the blues. We, that wasn't the never, blues. We never came up with a good okay. group. Name. But it was basically a triumvirate of yeah. And, Texas and, Blues. And Sarah Brown played bass. Sarah Brown in that in that group too. Right. So it was that was really really fun. Yeah, I can't and tell you I, guys a couple that's times. That's why I insist uh, yeah. insisted on forming the Blues Broads. Right here is because right we were we all had talent, but we but we all had different styles, mm-hmm. so we could show off our individual styles, but then get together in, as a duo. I mean. 
or as a trio or all four of us together. Right. And that made it so much more interesting to yeah. me. And it took the load off each of us too right. Right. to not be the front person. Well, this is kind of like the blowouts, my harmonica blowouts, sort of exactly. a similar, oh, yeah. similar idea. But Definitely. I love what you guys have done with your thing. And I wish I had done more of that with these, yeah. with my shows. Yeah. Because there's something really cool about the collaboration aspect that you guys do. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really cool thing to have going. And I, I have not concentrated enough on that on my end. Okay. But, Gives me well, something to work on for that, this next one. I'm glad we're inspiring. <laughs> yeah. Inspirational yeah. on that. On that but, but the, the people I know on that you've had are uh, Annie Sampson. Indispensable. Yeah. And just a, just a long time uh, friend. Right. And so we're really tight. And Dorothy Morrison. I mean, right. But she came here because the, the Sons of the Soul Revivers oh, right, were right, playing right. here. Right. right. And it was a Sunday afternoon or something. And I walked in and she was seated at the bar. And um, I had used that, I had that opportunity to meet her. And I said, look, Dorothy, I know you're from the gospel world, but I know you've done other things in your career. Was she an Edwin Hawkins? Yeah, she was an Edwin Hawkins singer. And she uh, she was at the Monterey Pop Festival. And I've seen the film to to prove it. Wow. And... um, I started talking fast to Dorothy because I knew that because the, the church people are likely to to just sort of turn their say you frown know, on well it. you yeah. know yeah. it's the old devil's music right. kind of thing right. you know yeah. and even though we all appreciate each other of course yeah. but still I I was very you know I said look Dorothy I I I know that the word blues is conjuring up things in your mind and but. I just want you to know, if, if you would come out here some afternoon in the summer, uh, we have these we have these outdoor shows, and the Blues Bros are going to play there. But some other people are playing that you might appreciate too. And I don't know if there was anybody actually on our show that whatever that I could tempt her with. But but anyway, she listened, and eventually she showed up, and she got it. That's she awesome. heard the bras, yeah. That's she heard awesome. the bras, and she knew because we weren't doing anything body, right? Which sometimes right. people slip into that right. aspect. I know how to treat your man better all, than you. Yeah, right. All that stuff, right? And right. that never appealed to yeah. us. I can so understand. we just didn't yeah. go there. And right. and I think once Dorothy saw that, right, she said, "Oh, I'm in." Yeah, that's and awesome. that's when I got serious about the bras. Good, and 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 got us going. And oh, that's we were great. Lucky enough to, we did a gig at the Sweetwater. Yeah, and we it had that high stage, and we were able to video it from like have a proper video shoot. Yeah. Thanks to Bob Brown. Good. And yeah, because you know you it's. Kind of good to have a mentor. Yeah. And, and Bob right. really, you know, certainly knows that a lot of artists, yeah. but yeah. Uh, knows we, the we, sure, uh, we sure needed yeah. and appreciated that lift because because then we had something we could show people right. what we did because it was right. a little hard to describe it, or yeah. and none of us had. I mean, we had individual careers, but we hadn't made a record together. Now, is it just, kind of is stuff. it the three of you, or is there one other singer on there that I'm missing? Tracy Nelson. Well, Tracy does a lot of them, but she doesn't do all of them, right? No, no. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. She, she no, she, it's just that she has to travel from Nashville. Right, right. And so generally, that's no fun. Yeah, so generally, the three the of you, I mean, if, you, if you're lucky, you can get Tracy. Yeah, well, too. we, we, yeah. we kind of insist on right. it, uh, right. because... Because we do so many songs that involve With the either four two or three yeah. of us or four right. of us. So. Gotcha. And then we okay. can do individual songs to yeah. show off our own yeah. strengths. Yeah. You know. No, Tracy's been amazing for as long as I've been here. Oh, yeah. Sing. yeah. It's a great it's a great concept that you guys came up with and you know thanks to you I remember you helped me with Huey Lewis and getting him yeah. Hooked up with uh, with me on the blowouts. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You sure. Me up oh, he that. was always, he, yeah, he was a real blues guy and yeah. could really blow. Right, yeah. and he called. You gave me his number, and he called me back, and and I got him to do a few shows. So that was that was awesome. Yeah, it was a great opportunity. 
Nice. Yeah. yeah. That was probably one reason I, I ended up getting to do a gig at, at Madison Square Garden. Wow. I always forget to put that on my was resume. That, was, that with, was that with Hewitt? Uh, well, that was because of Huey, yes. And wow. so, but I got to, I mean, Greg Allman was on the keyboards and so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, some heavy people. Wow. So I, you know, I got to get up there and, and do a couple with That's them. That's amazing. <laughs> so wow. That, that was kind of fun. Yeah. And, uh, and later on, of course, when I was, when I was doing gigs with Stevie, Steve, known as, these days, as Stevie Ray Vaughn. But right. back then it was just Stevie Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And that was the kid brother who would hang out at Antone's, right? And uh, just hoping to see Albert King, which he did, which he did, which yeah. got to know Albert, right. and Albert right. ended up uh, putting him on some shows, and yeah. eventually. But, uh, but I, I went out with Stevie. Uh, he, you know, he uh, to his uh, he would take a tour that he thought was really significant. So I got to play there uh, at the CBS Record Convention in Hawaii. Wow. Yeah, which was a big deal. And uh, it was a two-night thing. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, there was Carnegie Hall. Wow. You know, that's something you can tell the folks. Oh, that's, that's a big thing. You can tell the folks. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm playing Carnegie Hall. Yeah, that says and something. It's like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, that says something. Yeah. It's just Absolutely. nice. Nice. They were they were always supportive as much as they could be, you know. Yeah. And and so that was nice for them that's to be able to tell their friends. Yeah, that's great. That's a thrill. Yeah. So so with this album, yeah, you recorded this. What was this recorded last year? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And you did this. What did the Laughing Tiger Laughing Studios Tiger. Yeah. in San Rafael? Okay, you said and you did one it, seventeen years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, previously. I mean, to the, this one. Yeah. I'm saying the the album before was yeah, seven right. years ago yes. at the same studio. Yeah. Yeah. At the same okay. studio. So and who who's on so, this besides Mike Shermer on guitar? Well, he he is the one person that there were sort of basically two bands. Okay. Because the the, the styles were so different, and so but Mike Shermer was on the guitar on every cut, mm-hmm. and uh, we did. We had two different uh, rhythm sections, you know. Bill Gibson, actually, from the Huey Lewis band. Oh, okay. We played, uh, played on, a, I did a, a Chuck Berry song. Wow. And, uh, and so he played on that because it was perfect. He brought down a strip down, so just a snare and a whatever. Cool. And the, he knew what to do. Yeah. You know, he yeah. knew what not to do. Yeah. And so that was perfect. And so that was a lot of fun. And John Allaire played keys a lot. Okay. And and uh, Jim Pugh yeah. also yeah, of course Walter Morgan Jr. We okay. also called Gomez was is part of the Morgan family the the sons of the Soul Revival and he, oh yeah Paul Revelli of course yeah. was yes right. my, good a long time Paul's great great drummer yeah and all yeah, that, he's a real know. pro yeah yep so Absolutely. he got no problem having him in the studio right <laughs> right he can do anything so, you want so it yeah. made it it was so comfortable with there, the people that that were there. Yeah. That it just it just flowed like that. So we we were we did the whole thing in eight days. We wow. used a, a lot of the uh, first takes. Wow. Which, like we were talking yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. That's that's when you're you know, for me it's important, and I always try to make sure that the engineer or is ready to go. It's like no, we're not going to do this five times and then do the first take. <laughs> we are we are ready to go and you. You better get the first take because right. that's sometimes that's be it. what I want is, yeah. is my original energy, my original right. take on the song yeah. as far as the being drive in the studio. You, the drive that you have. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. so there were a lot of first takes. And, yeah. and then, you know, you can always clean things, ter- terrible things up. But when you start nitpicking and, and trying to make everything perfect, uh, blues is not about perfection. No, it's not. It's, it's got to have some rough edges to it. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. I'm just curious. Did you do like a like you do a take, and then move on to something else, and then come back and do another take of it, or, or generally no, it, you wouldn't no, do that. We would we would do a take, and usually it was like, oh yeah, that's it. We, we yeah. nailed it. Right. Or it's oh okay, well, we need to change this and that in the arrangement or the whatever. And and I and and if if Mike Shermer said I think I could do better or, or something like that, yeah, fine. 
I was all, I'm always happy. I got to, you know, I got to feel that guitar. Did you use overdubs on it? Did you use overdubs at all? Um, or not to, really? Just the horns, I think. The horns, uh, yeah. uh, because they had to be in another room right. anyway. Right. And, and there was no, I, we didn't have, I, I didn't use the horns that much, but they, they were doing complicated things. So they needed yeah. all, you know, everything, all the space they could have. Well, I can't wait to hear it. I think I heard the Bobby Bland put on here too. All right, because it starts yeah. with that, which right. is sort of a weird way to start a record, because it's a pretty uh, subtle. Really? It's a pretty subtle song. Oh, I like you know, that. Vocally. So I, I, I love that. Yeah, no, I love that. Take out some insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so that, of course, I got it. <laughs> I remember that was the first song I ever sat in with you doing. All right. I think when, when I mentioned Austin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty funny to go from yeah. the sophistication of. Uh, well, that's what it's all about. To two, two I mean, I think and, we, uh, we both, two. I think, love that that real wide, uh, you know. Uh, from the uptown to the yeah, lowdown. Yeah, lowdown to uptown. I have an album called that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's so right. yeah, yeah. No, I think we both appreciate that, and that, that mm -hmm. makes a big, big. Uh, that's a big thing, and and you know I I've, I've stolen a couple licks from you here and there too. Yeah. Thrilled to hear that. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. yeah. Don't you know it? Yeah. That's that's when you know you're somebody. Well, <laughs> you are somebody. You've been doing this a long, long time, and 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 I think uh, the fact that you had such a uh, a, a big influence in Antones, you know, with both the label and the club, and and just you know, uh, I, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think that you know, you're doing what I I like to do, which is create something, create a scene, exactly, creating a scene and making people all feel like part of the scene. Yeah, that's so important. Yes. in blues yeah. you know yeah. because all of us out here on our own it's mm. too it's too tough it is it's you know tough I mean? that's right it's it really tough. is I, I think people don't don't necessarily appreciate that you think wow I wish I could be up there I wish yeah. I could be an artist and everything well you know it's 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 a wonderful thing but it's it can be lonely out there if, yeah. if, uh, if things you are. need friends i mean is what it comes down to and, and everybody yeah. they need supporters yeah, yeah. And, and a lot yeah. of times it is other musicians right and uh or at least it starts that way so yeah. that's appropriate yeah. and uh, i i'm thrilled to be a fan yeah and not just so blues I. i'm a fan of all kinds of music yeah and I'm, I'm same here I, you know whatever gets me whatever rings true right it is is, is all right with me yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure. It's been Thank my you pleasure. so much, Angela. Thank you so much. You really, you really uh, have a lot of great stories, and and I love where you're coming from with it all. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah.